2 Chronicles chapter 20, how to handle the battles of life. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. How to handle the battles of life. How to handle the battles of life. And by battles, what I'm talking about potentially is peer pressure at school. I'm talking about potential uh, family tensions, um, tensions with your family or tensions with your friends. Um, I'm talking about uh, maybe you have a family member or a friend or a loved one that has been sick for a long time. You've been praying to the Lord that they would feel better or get better, and maybe that's um, just caused you a lot of worry. I'm talking about anything that might bring to your heart and mind a lot of worry, a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, a lot of trouble. This is what I mean by the battles of life. And if you're not going through a battle now, eventually, guys, as you grow older and you take on more responsibility, you will go through different battles, different storms of life. And so this is for us, no matter what season of life we're in, whether we're going through a difficult time right now or whether one day we eventually might. Um, I'm reminded in the New Testament, Jesus is speaking to his followers and he says that there are two builders and one builder builds his house upon rock and another builder builds his house upon sand. And Jesus says then that the storms of life, the battles of life, come and beat on those houses. The storms of life come, the wind comes, the rain comes, the floods come, and they just beat on that house. But he says that the house that was built upon the rock, it stood firm during those storms of life. But the builder who built his house upon the sand, the Bible says that his house did not stand when those storms came, when the wind came, when the rains came, when the floods came. The builder who built his house on the sand, his house came with the great crash. And Jesus then says, what is that rock that that builder built his house on? That, that rock is me. Jesus says, I am the rock. My word, the Bible, is the rock that that builder built his house upon. And if you build your house, you build your life upon me and my word... During those storms of life, you're going to be able to withstand them. During those hard seasons, those difficult times, maybe you're worried or scared, or have some anxiety about something. When the storms beat on your life, when those difficult seasons come, if you build your house on Jesus and His Word, and you obey His Word, your house, your life, is going to withstand those tough times. But then Jesus says, if you build your house on sand... And I know all you guys know and hear what sand is. If you've been to the beach especially, you know that sand is very just movable. You can throw it up in the air. It doesn't hold much. It's not a very firm foundation. All right, you can easily, you know, I know you guys have gone to the beach and maybe dug a hole or buried your friend in the sand and just got your, you know, your, your head sticking out of the sand, you know. And sand is not a solid foundation. And so Jesus says, the guy who builds his house on that foundation when the worry and the storms and the anxiety and the fear, when, when those come, whoever builds his house on the sand, their life is not, they're not going to know what to do. They're going to come with a great crash. And that sand, that foundation, it can be anything other than Jesus. It can be maybe you're building your life on your reputation, your um, identity is placed in what you look like or what you wear or how you act, and your, your whole life is founded on something else. Maybe it's sports. Maybe it's just 
uh, extracurricular activities. Maybe it's just good grades in school. And all those things obviously are great. But if we build our lives upon those things and we find our identity in those things and not in Jesus, then when those tough times come, maybe uh, the, the sickness of a loved one or the death of a loved one or uh, maybe just fear at school or just anxiety, maybe wondering, if, am I, I going to make friends in high school? Just the, Maybe even those simple stuff. If we build our lives upon our identity and what we do and who we are and not on who Jesus is, then our lives, when those storms come, it might be difficult. And so here in Second Chronicles chapter 20, we are going to see a battle that takes place. We're going to see a battle here. And King Jehoshaphat, who we're going to read about here in Second Chronicles chapter 20, he's going to talk about this storm, this battle that he's about to face, alright? So read with me, just going to read the first three verses together, alright? Second Chronicles chapter 20, starting in verse 1. It says this, After this, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Mayunites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazazon Tamar. This was another name for Engedi. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. Let's pause there, let's pray, and then we'll dive into this Bible study. Dear God, thank you so much for our moms today. We love you and we love them and we thank you for them. Pray that you would bless all of the mothers um, who uh, are at church today, that you would just bless all of our moms, that you would go before us, just give us a great day. I pray that we would learn from your word now, that we would just seek you, understand your word, help us to obey your word and build our life upon the solid rock that is Jesus Christ. We love you, we praise you, in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. And everybody said, and everybody said, and everybody said, oh, glorious day. So what's going on here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20? Well, we've got to first talk about this Jehoshaphat dude, all right? Not the greatest name, just just saying, all right? Jehoshaphat, he's probably, you you know, he's king over Judah, he's king over this land, you know, he's probably telling his buds, you know, please, you know, I, I don't know why my, you know, on Mother's Day, my mom named me Jehoshaphat. Uh, can, can we just call me Joe, maybe, or just J, J-Dog, or just, you know, I'm not really feeling the, the, the Jehoshaphat uh, ending on the name there, so uh, uh, maybe just call me Joe, and they're like, now nah, we're just going to stick with Jehoshaphat. How about that, bud? So for the sake of our Bible study, we're just going to call him J-Fat. Um, you know, he's not here today, so we can make all the fun of him that we want uh, he's up in heaven, so he's having a great time with the Lord, so he probably doesn't care anyhow. So, Japhat, King Japhat, he's the king over this nation called Judah. Now, quick history lesson here. Um, Judah is the southern kingdom of Israel. Okay, at this time, it's about 800 B.C., B.C. meaning 800 years before Christ, before Jesus was born. And so, King Jehoshaphat, King Japhat, is the king over this land of Judah. Now, during this time, Israel was a divided kingdom. The northern portion of Israel was called Israel. The southern portion of Israel was called Judah. 
At this time, there was a civil war. Now, I know a lot of you guys in, in history class, you know about the American Civil War, where American citizens were both disagreeing over a subject, they were fighting, they were, there was discord, and they couldn't agree. And so, same thing's happening here in Israel's history. They can't get along. The southern portion and the northern portion, they just can't get along. And so, what happens is, they just decide, let's just split. Let's split the country right down the middle. There will be people that live to the north, that's called Israel. They have a separate king. There will be people to the south, that's called Judah, and you will have a king. And so King Japhat is king over this southern portion. It's called Judah. And King Jehoshaphat, what we just read in the first three verses here, he is terrified out of his mind because he hears that surrounding armies are about to attack Judah. And it says here in verse 3, naturally, King Japhat is scared out of his mind. He's terrified. I mean, just picture this, picture this scene. You are the king or the queen of Judah. And you hear that three different nations are about to attack you, overcome your country, take your people, maybe enslave your people, and take over the land. And this is what's going on. King Japhat gets word from his advisors, listen, there are three different armies coming against you. And he, la- he names them here, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Mayunites. Those three armies are coming against you, Japhat. And he's like, please, not Japhat again. And they're like, no, sorry, Japhat, that's, that's your name. We're sticking with it. And some armies are coming against you. Your name's not what we have to worry about now. We have to worry about these armies, all right, Japhat? And so Japhat, he hears that these three attacking, uh, these three surrounding armies are about to attack him, and he is scared out of his mind. How many of you guys like Chipotle? Chipotle is my quick, quick, little, uh, quick little break here. I love Chipotle. Chipotle is like just uh, sweetness to the tongue. It is just uh, wonderful, gracious, heavenly provisions. A uh, bountiful feast of beans and rice and cheese and some good old-fashioned guac. So I love Chipotle. Um, you know, I like the one in Ashburn actually a little bit better than the one in Leesburg. I'm just not really a fan of the one here in Leesburg. I don't know why. You know, I go to it, but just definitely digging the uh, Ashburn one better. I think it's just you know better better seating and they just do it better there. They fix they they know how to fix a burrito there at the old Chipotle in Ashburn. But uh, you know, I'm at home and uh, my wife and I it was time for dinner and I said, listen, uh, uh, Morgan, let's let's go get some Chipotle. Um, I'll pick it up. You stay here. Um, I'll, I'll get your order, just text me, and then we'll, we'll take it back to, to the house, and we'll, we'll watch a movie, we'll hang out, a little great date night. She said, thanks, honey bunches. I much appreciate you. I love you so much. You are the best. You are a... Mi-. No, she didn't, she didn't really say all that. She just said, just get me my stinking order. I said, all right, all right. So I said, text me your order, what, what do you like? And I said, uh, I'm just going to head out, I'll get mine, and then, then I'll be waiting for your text. She said, nope. Don't even need to text you. Just go to Chipotle and tell them you want a three-pointer. And I said, a, a three-pointer? She said, yeah, yeah. Just go to Chipotle and just say, uh, get your order, and then say, my second order is going to be a three-pointer. I said, listen, I, I don't want to look like a complete idiot here. I, I'm not going to Chipotle to ask to shoot some hoops and shoot some threes. Like, can you just, just give me your simple order? That, that's all I'm asking. She said, trust me, trust your wife, go get me a three-pointer. I said, fine. Your wish is my command. So I went to Chipotle, just thinking the whole drive there, I'm like, I'm going to look like a fool asking for a three-pointer. I don't even know what that is. So 
I go to Chipotle, I get in line, I'm at the front of the line, and uh, you know, I get my classic order, chicken burrito, rice, white rice, black beans, uh, cheese, guacamole, sour cream, a little bit of corn, and some lettuce, all right? Classic Chipotle burrito, it's just, mm, I'm just, I'm going to Chipotle after this, for sure. Um, and then, so I get my, my order, get my classic chicken burrito, white rice, black beans, cheese, guac, lettuce, and uh, tomatoes, forgot that, of course, you got to sprinkle on the old diced tomatoes. And then I go back to the front of the line after I get my order through. I say, hey, listen, remember I told you uh, I got one more order. Um, can I get a, uh, a three-pointer? And this, uh, this, this woman there, this, she uh, has kind of a, a southern twang accent. Right? Her lips was, lip was like this, and she said, sir, I don't know what in the world you're talking about. I said, oh, my gosh, I knew that was coming. And I said, uh, well, ma'am, I... Uh, I don't know what I'm talking about either. She said, then what are we, why are you even here then, sir? I said, well, uh, listen, I, my wife said you would know what a three-pointer was, and uh, apparently you don't. She said, uh, never heard of it, and apparently you don't either. I said, yeah, I, I don't. Um, let me go get my manager real quick, kid. So she, uh, she went and got the manager. She's like, listen, boss, this kid's asking for a three-pointer here. I said, yeah, uh, sorry, I don't know what that is, I was, just, I was hoping you would know. And the manager said, no, 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 that, that's, that's right, uh, we do have three-pointers here. I said, okay, great. Can someone just please tell me what this three-pointer is? He said, yeah, it's just three ingredients. So if you just get three ingredients like chicken, rice, and beans, we won't charge you as much. It'll be like two bucks off. So that's your three-pointer. Just tell us you want a three-pointer and three ingredients with that. I was like, thank you. And the, the woman was like, sorry, kid, sorry I didn't know what three-pointer was. Here's your meal, what would you like? I was like, yeah, thanks a lot. Um, just get me the chicken, rice, and beans. and Just get me out of here. So, got the three-pointer. Now, what in the world does Chipotle have to do with King Japhat here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20? Well, King Japhat uses three ingredients. He's going to use a three-pointer here to get him through this upcoming battle. He's going to use three different things, three different weapons to get him through this battle. And I'm not talking about physical weapons like no bows, no, no arrows, no nothing. I'm talking about three spiritual ingredients that King Japhat uses here to help him overcome this battle. And then in turn, guys, we're going to see that we can use these same three ingredients. This three-pointer can help us in life as we make our way through this battle. So, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, we're going to see the first ingredient from King Japhat's three-pointer here. So look at, with me uh, at verse 5. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 5. We're going to see King Japhat's first ingredient of the three-pointer, what he does in battle. Verse 5, Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. He prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. O oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us and you will hear us and rescue us. All right, pause there with me. So what's going on here? 
King Japhat is terrified like we saw. He hears that these three armies, the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Mayunites, are coming against him. He's scared out of his mind. This is the first ingredient of the three-pointer. The very first thing King Japhat does is he prays to the Lord. He prays. So that's point number one. But notice, he doesn't pray during the battle. He doesn't pray after the battle. He prays even before the battle begins. He prays before the battle begins. What's our first ingredient to the three-pointer when we're faced with storms, when we're faced with the battles of life, when we're scared, when we have fear, when we have anxiety, when we're worried about something? It's always to pray. And notice when King Japhet does it, he prays before the storm, before the battle even hits. And I know in my own life that my tendency is to always pray after the fact. Whenever I'm worried, whenever I'm faced with a battle, whenever I have an obstacle to overcome, the very first thing naturally I try to do is I try to overcome it. I try to, I, I try to control everything I can in my own strength. I try to get my pieces in order. I have to talk to people. I have to talk through things. I have to get some counsel and advice from my friends and parents. And I try to do everything. And then later, after the fact, like step number 10, then I pray about it. Like, oh yeah, I should probably pray about this. The first thing we need to train our hearts and minds to do is even before the battle begins, when we know we're about to face an obstacle in life, when we know we're scared or worried, our first response needs to be we need to pray. We need to pray. Guys, in your life, never, never underestimate the power of prayer. God loves when we come to Him with our prayers, with our worries, with our fears, with our anxiety. God loves when we come to Him. D.L. Moody, he was a great, uh, great Christian author, great Christian evangelist. He's, he's dead and passed now, but he had a great saying, and it revolved around prayer, and he said this, that some people think God is troubled by our constant coming and asking of Him. But the way to trouble God is to never come at all. And he was so right that some people think, and I know I've thought this myself, that when I come to God, maybe I'm coming to God with the same thing time and time again. Maybe I've been struggling with the same thing over and over again. Maybe I've been worried about the same thing over and over again. And I feel like, God doesn't want to hear this again. And I, I, I preface my prayers with, God, I know I've come to you about this, and I know I've already asked forgiveness for this many times, and I know I've already you know, told you about all this, but uh, Lord, just please hear me again. And I've prayed that consistently and time and time again because I think that God's troubled. God, God doesn't like me coming to Him with the same thing. But in fact, God is troubled when we don't even bother to come, ahead, come to Him at all. He loves, our good Heavenly Father loves when we come to Him. He loves when we come to Him with our questions, with our doubts, with our fears, with our worries. It's okay to go to God when you're frustrated. Look at the Psalms. David, the King David, King David he... He complains and, fr- and puts his frustrations before God all the time. God is a big God. He can handle our frustration. He can handle our questions. But we need to learn, when we're going through something difficult in life, just pray about it. Pray about it before it even hits. That's exactly what King Japhat does. He gathers the nation of Judah. And he says, okay, listen, we're going to be attacked potentially by these three foreign nations what we're going to do is we're going to bow before the Lord. We're going to pray. We're going to give this battle to God. Step number one, ingredient number one to our three-pointer 
is pray. Pray before the battle begins. Second ingredient, number two, is in verse 20. Look at verse 20 with me. Verse 20. So Japhat prays before the battle. And then it says in verse 20, his second ingredient he pulls out at Chipotle. He says, early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. All right, pause there with me. This is a crazy scene right here, guys. If you can just imagine this. You've got the three armies ready to attack you over the mountain. And Japhat, is, he's got his army, and he says, listen, it's going to sound really weird, but what we're going to do is we're going to put the worship team at the front of the line. Now, the worship team's probably like freaking out at this moment. Like, I, I, I'm sorry, what, Japhat? Uh, I, I don't know how to operate a bow or a spear or a sword or I don't carry a shield. I just got my, uh, my guitar. Uh, what in the world are you doing here? But Japhat says, listen, don't worry about it. We're going to put our singers and our musicians at the front of the line here. And Japhat's probably like, I hope this works. And if not, I'm going to be out a worship team. My whole worship team's going to be dead. They're going to be slaughtered. Their guitars, they're going to just picture them kind of going up with their guitars for battle. And the army's like, uh, that's a weird kind of uh, uh, foreign weapon you got there. What, what in the world is that? And they're like, yeah, it's, uh, it's the best I got, all right? King Japhat. Yeah, our king's name is Japhat. You know, and we've got guitars here at the front of the line. I mean, this is, this is a weird scene here. But this is what happens. King Japhat says, listen to me, we're going to put our musicians at the front of the line and we're going to do this. We're going to sing, in verse 21, give thanks to the Lord, His faithful love endures forever. So this is what happens. They are marching up the mountaintop, ready to meet this foreign army. And they are praising the Lord. They are singing, they are strumming their instruments, they are beating their drums, and they are singing, give thanks to the Lord, His faithful love endures forever. As they're making their way to meet the army, they are praising God. And then look at verse 22. Let's see what happens. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. All right, attention. That is crazy. So picture this. They're marching up the mountain to get getting ready to face this army. They're singing praises, praise and worship to the Lord on their way there. As they get over the lookout, they're standing and they literally see just a valley of dead bodies of their foreign enemies. They literally did nothing. Ingredient number two, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. First thing to do before the storm, pray. Second thing to do through the storm, praise. Praise the Lord. This is what King Japhat does. And listen, how this is applicable to our lives 
and I'm just speaking from my personal experience, is when I'm going through something difficult, when I'm scared, nervous, worried, anxious, the last thing I do is praise the Lord. I mean, you guys know, if you've ever been through something difficult, or you've seen your family go through something really hard, the last thing that our natural tendency wants to do is worship the Lord through that difficult time. But listen, when you're going through something difficult, through a storm, here's my challenge to you, and see if this works. Literally, just turn on some worship music, maybe on your phone, on the radio, as you're driving through the car, Just listen to worship music and let that worship music just minister to your heart, minister to your mind. And the Lord is going to take care of the rest. Because when we submit ourselves to God and we say, listen, God, I don't know how this battle is going to end up. I don't know how this trial or this storm, I don't know how it's going to end. But God, I'm just going to praise you through it. I'm just going to worship you. And I'm just going to pray that you defend for me, that you fight my battle for me. And that's exactly what happened. King Japhat and his army literally just go up and praise the Lord. And then once they finish praising the Lord, they see that God took care of their battle for them. God fought for them. And when you just set out in your heart and in your mind, I'm just going to worship the Lord through my difficult time, the Lord's going to fight for you. And the Lord's going to fight those difficult battles for you. Just praise the Lord. You know, maybe, maybe you're at school and I don't know if you ever got time to Maybe just put in your earbuds and, and listen to music or whatever. You know, when I was, when I was in middle school, like, I, I had a flip phone, you know, with uh, maybe a cool ringtone. No apps, no nothing. You know, just a, a flip phone, and I thought that was the coolest thing. Oh, man, I'm going to text all my friends. Beep, 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 Ringtone. And it was, like, so lame. But at the time, guys, it's pretty killer. It's pretty awesome. Bring up the antenna. What's going on? Got my new cell phone. This thing is crazy. I mean, it was awesome. But listen, maybe you're at school, you got the iPhone, whatever, you got music on your phone, and you got time, and it's not during class when your teachers are telling you to stay off your phones. Put on some worship music. When you're at school, maybe you're facing a hard time, maybe you're having trouble fitting in, maybe there's peer pressure surrounding you. Just turn on some worship music and have it minister to your heart and mind. When we're going through those tough times, we need to really make praising God our priority. Praise the Lord through the battle. So what's the first thing Japhat does? Pray, Pray, first ingredient. Second thing he does? Praise. Pray before the battle. Praise Him during the battle. Our third ingredient, our third and final ingredient to our three-pointer here. Look at verse 26. 26. So the battle's been done. They see that the Lord fought for them after praising His name. And then in verse 26 it says, On the fourth day they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the Valley of Blessing today. Then all the men returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them, overjoyed that the Lord had given them victory over their enemies. They marched into Jerusalem to the music of harps, lyres, and trumpets, and they proceeded to the temple of the Lord. When all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. The third ingredient we see here is praise. First thing, pray before the battle. Uh, 
sorry, that's the second ingredient. Praise is the second ingredient, and then the third thing is proclaim His name. Proclaim His name. So first ingredient, pray. Second ingredient, praise. Third thing is proclaim. And this is something that King Japheth does. Once he sees that God fought on his behalf, once he sees that his enemies were taken care of by God, because he just was faithful to praise and worship the Lord through that battle, through that tough time, he goes back with his whole army, just picture this scene, marching back into Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the capital of their nation. I mean, thousands of people would have just been in Jerusalem, especially after a victory in battle. Can you imagine just Jerusalem, this city on a hill, filled with thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands, millions of people. And they just see King Japhat leading his army through, and they're just still praising God, strumming their instruments, proclaiming that God fought for them and gave them this victory. And that's the third ingredient we need to pull out during the storms. We pray before the battle, we praise Him during the battle, and then once God sees you through that battle, you got to proclaim His name. Tell others about it. And what that's going to do, guys, is that's going to encourage your friends and your family because maybe they're going through a, a difficult time. Maybe they're fighting a battle. Maybe they're going through a storm. And you can say, hey, listen, I just came through a tough time too. I might not know exactly what you're going through, but I just went through this, and the Lord brought me through it. And let me tell you my story. Let me tell you a little bit about what God did for me. Proclaim His name. Tell others about what God has done for you. Because that's going to encourage them. They're going to look to your story and say, if you prayed and you praised God and now you're proclaiming His name because He, he fought for you and He carried you through this battle, maybe that gives me hope now. And that's going to encourage your friends and family. When they see that you went through something difficult, but on the other end you're proclaiming how good and faithful God was on your behalf, that's going to encourage them. That's going to lift them up. That's going to just make their day a whole lot better. So the third ingredient, after the storm is done, proclaim His name. So the first ingredient, pray before the battle. Second ingredient, praise Him through the battle. Third ingredient is to proclaim His name after the battle. And guys, I'm telling you, these, this three-pointer here is the key to facing those tough times in life. Pray before, praise Him through it, and then proclaim Him after it. And watch how the Lord is going to show Himself strong and mighty. So if you're taking notes, pray before the battle. Praise Him through the battle. And proclaim His name after the battle. Pray. Praise. Proclaim. Let me hear you say pray. pray. Praise. Praise. Proclaim. proclaim. I got three, uh, three verses for you if you're taking notes. For pray, for point number one, ingredient number one, write down 1 John 5.14. 1 John 5.14. It says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And then write down 1 Chronicles 16.11. 1 Chronicles 16.11. Look to the Lord and His strength and seek His face always. Look to the Lord and His strength and seek His face always. That's ingredient number one, to pray. Number two is to praise, and this is Psalm 34.1. Our verse for ingredient number two is Psalm 34.1. This is King David. He says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. 
I will extol the Lord at all times. David says, no matter what happens, his praise will always be on my lips. Praise him is number two. That's Psalm 34.1. And then proclaim his name. That's going to be your homework. Praise his name. Maybe Google something. Look in your Bibles when you're doing your next Devo time. Look for a verse that just talks about proclaiming God's goodness. God, you are good. God, you are faithful. Look for a verse that talks about telling others about Jesus. So that's your homework for number three. So number one, pray before the battle. Then praise Him through the battle. Proclaim His name after the battle. And guys, I'm telling you, it might not make the battle um, any easier as we are facing it, but we're going to get through it because God is in control and, and He has us. He has us in His hands because He loves us. He's a good Father. He's a big God. And He's got us. He's got our battles. He's got everything under control. Pray, praise, and proclaim. Amen? Amen. 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 All right, let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this day. Uh, We love our moms. Pray that you would bless them. Uh, I thank you for all the guys and girls in this room. I pray that you would bless them as well. Um, Go before them in school as we're finishing out. Um, I pray that you would just relieve them of any stress or anxiety or worry or fear because we know that you are going to fight our battles for us. So we just pray now, and we praise you through it, and then we're going to proclaim your name. We're going to tell others about how good you are. So we love you, Lord. I pray for all the guys and girls in this room. Thank you for this day that you've given us, Lord. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen, amen. amen. I love you guys. Uh, Let's hang tight for the next few minutes, and we'll let you out soon.